This episode of Z Prime on the Grid is brought to you by AllConnect, who will be attending our Energy Thought Summit conference this April 15th through 18th in Austin, Texas. For more information, go to ets19.co. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Z Prime on the Grid, our show about issues concerning the energy industry. I'm your host, Dylan Lockwood. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Aaron Hardick. How are you doing today, Aaron? I'm doing well, Dylan. Really excited to be podcasting today. Um, we're in the few weeks leading up to our big event, ETS, uh, which happens in mid-April. So a lot of my attention has been on that for the past few days. It's nice to kind of take a break and and be able to do some podcasting. Yep. Not a complete break, though, because we've got with us a speaker at the upcoming ETS event. Uh, on the podcast today, we have Executive Vice President at AllConnect, Kim Shumway, who leads the team responsible for customer acquisition and business partnerships. Uh, she oversees business development, marketing, client services, product development, and the customer experience for partnerships with major utility and, and energy companies, service providers, and other affiliates that represent over 50 million households. That is a lot of stuff you do, Kim. How are you today? <laughs> Very good. I'm so glad to be here, and we are certainly gearing up for ETS here at All Connect. Yeah, the last time you personally got involved in ETS content was three years ago at ETS 16, and All Connect was just starting to get into the energy space then. So, what have you learned over those three years about working in energy? Yeah, you know, it's been an interesting ride for three years. All Connect, which is now a Red Ventures company, our mission has stayed the same, which is to bring consumers and brands together through powerful, customized experiences. Um, and we've really been in the business of helping consumers connect everything for, for their home. And traditionally, that was internet and TV and security and home automation. But to your point, in 2016, we saw where the big growth was headed from a consumer perspective was around energy and energy-related products. And so we had just gotten started in helping utilities extend their relationship with consumers, you know, in por product portfolios that really went beyond the standard commodity. Um, you know, safe, affordable, reliable power is a really big job. <laughs> so it was a bit of a cultural shift to go outside of that box. But I'm happy to report that together we have enrolled consumers in over, you know, 2 million customers in a really in a wide range of energy-related products. Everything ranging from low and medium income plans to green energy products, demand response, protection, and even, even bundling of some of those things. So I think the other cool piece is together we bumped up consumer impressions of their utility through that process about 250 basis points. So excited to go back and look at the success that we've had. Um, you know, I think we still certainly have some challenges in front of us. And so when we talk about learnings, um, we can talk about a couple things. I think one of the things that we've all learned is consumers want utilities to be where they are and where they are is on those smartphone devices. So we've got to get there a lot and, and do a lot more things for consumers in that way. I think the other thing we've learned is that 
where we can leverage professionals and companies with backgrounds outside of the energy industry can really be really useful in, in discovering how to build digital customer experiences and journeys. You know, Red Ventures powers digital experiences for media, telecommunications, financial services, and healthcare. And since the acquisitions of all connect into that, our focus is really now how do we apply all of those digital experiences with the biggest brands in each of those verticals to really reimagine the digital consumer engagement platform that customers have with their utilities, all with the goal of driving satisfaction, loyalty, and I think, you know, something that we don't always talk about is a relationship which is less than transactional, um, or I should say more than transactional for consumers. Um, you know, I always say starting service with your utility shouldn't be harder than securing a mortgage online, um, and people will become repeat buyers from brands that they trust and brands that are easy to do business with. So that's that's what we're trying to do. I guess I would say the other thing I, I've learned lastly is while we're all bullish about the opportunity that utilities have to recast the digital customer experience and expand their brands through products and services, I think we're all a little concerned about the level of urgency, you know, slow and steady will not win this race. Um, we will have to be much braver. And again, I think this is where strategic partnerships can be a speedboat for utilities, where partnerships can take some of the heavy lifting of technology, being able to be agile, nimble, and frankly, take on some of the, the burden of risk. Kim, I, I like two of the points you bring up and particularly around bringing in professionals from outside industries, and especially in relation to um, the comment you made about the relationship is more than just transactional for the customer. So outside talent from other industries can, one, help utilities better understand the customer and how to uh, create better engagements, but the other thing they can do and bring perspective on is how that customer data is going to flow through the utility organization in a different way and how they can create more business opportunities with that new data. So those are two perspectives. I think sometimes it can be thought of um, as outside talent really only coming in to better understand the customer, but they can also come in and help you understand how information moves within your organization to better leverage it. And then the same thing with strategic partners. You have people who have a better understanding in this area and it will help alleviate some of these challenges that utilities are facing today to get the ball rolling a little bit faster? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. And I think through all industries, how data flows, and I will say what I will call the academic thought on how to approach data and the customer experience evolves like everything does. But, you know, some of the things that we have really helped other industries with that I think we can apply pretty quickly to the utility and energy industry is, you know, this idea of the customer. I think we've all gotten a little bogged down in, you know, segmentation 
opposed to understanding the customer's situation and their intent. And so to pull through on that theme of how does data flow through, I think understanding that Kim, that's me, you know, likes dogs and is married and all of that, which I would kind of classify under classic segmentation, it can be useful. I don't want all the data scientists out there to be like, oh my gosh, Kim's saying that data's not important. Data is super <laughs> important. Um, but I think it really has to do with with intent. What is the customer doing? If If it's a lot more important to know that Kim is new to my territory and wants to start service, and then I can get Kim into the journey that is going to save her time, which will gain trust, which then I will learn some more things about Kim, about, you know, if I get her in there, then I can understand her usage, then I may be able to understand what other products and services might help her either save money or be more green, or all of those things. But if you can't start with the original intent, the rest of it doesn't doesn't really, really matter. And so I've really been pushing on everybody. And again, we had to learn this through other, through other industries as well. Um, it's just some are, are more ahead. Knowing if you if somebody comes to your website as simple as are they an existing customer or are they a, a new customer, that is completely applicable information that we should be reacting to immediately with that relevant curated content. If I'm new and I'm searching for you know, moving to Atlanta, who's my electricity provider, and I get to a home page about outages and my account, it's not really relevant to me. I don't live there and I don't have an account. And so I think when we talk about how data moves, it needs to start with understanding your customer's situation, not necessarily spending a ton of time before we even get to know each other on on segmentation. Um, you know, I think the other couple points I'll make are just, I, I think I made it earlier, but I'll make it again. I think it's important. You know, go where your customers are and go there first. And so where everybody is, is on their smartphone. So I hear a lot of discussion about apps and things like that. I'm not trying to discourage apps, apps, um, can have their place in transactions, but if you're not building a mobile experience to do the foundational things that customers want, um, they're not going to go to an app because they're not going to have any reason to think um, that they're going to have a digital experience with, with your company. Um, I think the other things that, that apply kind of ubiquitously are um, make it easy, so you have to think about single clicks and sticky keys and, and use your customers to help you. I think the great thing about utilities is they have this embedded base of users that would probably be more than happy to participate in any kind of you know, design studies. And I think lastly, the other thing you know, that we've struggled with in other industries that are highly regulated, like healthcare, um, is don't make the exceptions the rule. And what I mean by that is, 
there's always an exception um, when you're going through that data flow, whether it's ordering things or fulfilling things, but you shouldn't design for the exception. Um, you should design for what's going to get, you know, 80 to 95% of the people through and create a process for those who can't. Um, and I mean, we've spent a lot of time in healthcare and telecommunications, you know, trying to tell people um, that you shouldn't be designing your experience for the 2%. Um, that, that's, that's not the way to go there. Quick sort of nuts and bolts question. You're, you're talking about uh, going where the customers are, offering them these programs that they want to be a part of. Is there more an issue with utilities not being able to tailor the programs to their customer base adequately? Or is there, or is the issue largely that the utilities aren't promoting or advertising or reaching uh, customers with these programs? I would say yes. <laughs> I, think, um, I think, though, in some ways it has to do with reach um, because that has to do with relevance to, to a certain extent. Um, but to be fair, right, the magic is lining up all of the above and having the data flow through so that you can test and iterate and tweak and continue to, to basically um, sure up, if you will, the entire funnel. Um, I think, you know, you, you've got to figure out what's the right marketing tactic, if you will, is for the product and the audience that you're going after. So it's really the lining up all three. What I will say, though, that I do see more than not is this idea that if you build it, they will come. And people have built it, but they have not come. So how do you reach those audiences again given that particular customer situation or intent. So how do you curate and tailor energy content at the individual level? And do you have any like examples of this sort of content? Sure, I can give you guys a couple, you know, of of examples. I think the first thing we usually do is make sure that the consumers in the service territory of the U- of the utility know there is a digital path. Um, A lot of research that we've done with consumers, because we do talk to a lot of consumers on the phone as well, Um, and when we do, a lot of them aren't even aware that they could have either purchased products or even done some basic things like start service with the utility. So the first thing we usually do is help utilities navigate the digital landscape. You know, where do you want your brand to be front and center? Where do you want it to be even in the search engine algorithms? And how do you, how do we want to integrate, if you will, some of that content into some of our other Red Ventures assets? So, in other words, how do we build an ecosystem for a utility where their brand is showing up where they want it to show up. I think from there, if we've got that outlined, customers know there's a digital path, the traffic is flowing in um, on the brand where we need it to be, 
that's where we get into the curated content piece. So we do leverage a lot of data, both about intent, behavior, to one, make sure we're presenting the right offer, two, that we're getting them to the place where they need to go very quickly, and then we can create almost a marketplace where customers can do many things at one time. I'll give you an example. It has to do with movers. And I do talk to, about movers a lot because this is the place where a utility has the opportunity to make a first impression and start a relationship. So it is the beginning. So I'll start there. M maybe we've created a digital landscape where the good news is if you type in moving to Atlanta, the appropriate utility shows up. We would start a mover experience and start start your service. We are all the way through our picking up data. Then what we would do is create something maybe like a digital welcome kit where customers can then enroll in things like e-billing or auto pay, but maybe we can also help them register to vote, change their address, set up their internet, now maybe, again, that's still the beginning. Now we're going to start getting usage data. We're going to start getting billing data. We can go a couple routes. Maybe I'm a customer that always pays my bill 10 days late, and all we really want to do is send a text message to say, hey, man, it's time, right? Or maybe because now we've learned more about you, we know where you are geographically located in your premise, we know that we have a demand response program in your zip code, well, now we can start talking to you about that 30 days down the road. Does that kind of help paint a picture of maybe how we, how, how we would approach something? Uh, absolutely. Um, but I, I guess I'm still a little bit curious about, about where all this data is coming from for someone who's like not, who's not in your service territory and is moving to it. How are you able to quickly turn around and offer that sort of, that sort of content when you have it, don't have like their usage data, you don't have those sorts of things because they come, came from somewhere else? Yeah, I think, I think again, the, f the first thing we want to do is establish that relationship. I mean, to be fair, you can pick up data around um, intent and I'll call it behavioral things about consumers before they even interact with your website. You know, you can start picking up, you know, if they're on a mobile device, who their carrier is, um, what type of, let's call it, profile that customer is. Um, there's a lot of information and data around um, geographic and zip codes. Um, now, I don't want to, you know, I know that all sounds a little creepy. I'm not talking about what I would call personal information, um, but you can start to basically get a picture of, of who that consumer is. But the other thing that we do do is integrate with, um, you know, utilities I'll call it, you know, database DMP, so that as long as we've agreed that certain things can be shared, we will share them. And so the more data we have, I guess I would say the smarter we are. 
Kim, so I'm actually interested in, you just mentioned it, there's certain, you know, data by region. Are you seeing any particular trends in terms of uh, what utilities are prioritizing, like programs and services to customers, given the region that they're in, or maybe the type of utility? Are you seeing IOUs try to push, or not, I don't know if push more messaging is the right word, but are... For example, are you seeing IOUs try to get the word out more about um, enrolling in energy efficiency programs or uh, solar rooftop programs? Are you seeing any trends um, across regions or types of utilities in particular? Yeah, I would say that across the board, everybody from coast to coast um, is looking to enroll people in products and services like you mentioned. But I think everybody's going about it smartly in that I would say, yeah, there's some what I would call mass marketing campaigns going on in certain areas of the country around, let's say, electric vehicles, or certainly on the West Coast where the regulatory environment, um, you know, has put down some pretty aggressive energy efficiency mandates, right? You, You see some of that. But where I think everybody's getting a lot smarter is, hey, we've got a portfolio of products and services, and they range from things like, hey, how do I help the the low to medium income customer make decisions that are a little bit different? How do I then, though, also, right, that most of these guys have a wide range of territory. Um, how do I get my energy efficiency message out there? And then, quite frankly, a lot of folks are looking for ways to m- create alternative revenue streams, right, that fit inside of how do I help my customer connect more of their home? And so what we do for some people is we might have a portfolio of products that we're basically managing for them and their budget through their whole territory. So I'll give you an example. I have one customer that has, you know, three or four products but they're only applicable in certain zip codes, or sometimes they're only applicable in certain zip codes if the customer um, has air conditioning or if the customer has this amount of usage. And what our platform is able to do is basically geofence the targeting of those things. And so what it does is it really helps the ROI right for that it's not we're not going to talk about everything to everyone Um, we're going to use the data that we have and we're going to do some targeting and maybe that budget runs out and we put something else in i mean it's it has it has a life of its own i guess or or fluidity to it so there's definitely a a planning piece and there's definitely a technology piece as well and in an attempt to find that line and just kind of branching off of you know, uh, region-specific trends, what what about a utility that's in a somewhat of a smaller service area, maybe has like less, fewer than 100,000 customers, they, they might have a digitized their GIS, but they're not necessarily, they don't have smart meters yet. Um, 
do they have to wait to bring on all of this data collection technology or are there ways they can curate content even at that stage? No, I, I think there are. Again, I think what I would recommend is, you know, and this goes back in some way to the sense of urgency and my comment about segmentation. I do not think you have to know everything about everyone to, to get curated content. You just don't want to be so far off base. But we do business with big IOUs, small municipalities, um, you know, even deregulated providers where that is applicable in certain states. And I haven't seen where it just doesn't work. I think, again, finding the right partner who can be flexible and who has the technology to go big or small is important. But I haven't seen what you're talking about count somebody out as far as impact. Do the structures of the programs look different in in those areas? Are there different priorities? Uh, how, how How do you go about recommending things for that? for that smaller municipality? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think you hit it on the head, Dylan, which is the planning in some ways is the most important part. Um, you know, again, the, if we're talking about digital, um, you know, the, there can be a variety of tactics or curated um, content. I definitely think people or utilities priorities can differ because, again, the things that they're taking into account are revenue, regulatory structure, you know, sometimes there's regulatory mandates or goals that they have to hit. So, you know, our portfolio on these, I'll call them, you know, energy-related products is is large. Um, you know, the, the, the only piece I would say is, you know, if you're a smaller municipality, Maybe you don't have a website. Maybe you don't have a marketplace. Maybe you don't have those things. Um, you know, we could certainly help there as well. So I think the planning is key and an inventory, if you will, of, of where you are and what you have. But the flexibility of our tech is, you know, one, we build, we can build websites for folks. We We manage websites for you know, brands that everybody would recognize. We can host it ourselves. Um, but for some of our larger partners, they don't really like the hosting on our end, right? They, there's a lot of other things going on on their sites and they want to control that. And so we've been able to deploy the technology outside of our technical environment and help them just, you know, on the pieces and the pages of, of the things that they want. So I guess what I would say is, big or small, it could be quote unquote total ownership to, hey, we'll just deploy it on your site and we can we can manage certain aspects of your site. Well, I think, you know, utilities, like you said, can making improvements in this area, but there still has been or there still is a lot of challenges that there still are a lot of challenges that utilities face, particularly around understanding how um, this whole digital roadmap kind of plays out. So 
what are you guys seeing in terms of the challenges in kind of pitching these customer roadmaps and these digital journeys to utilities? You know, one of the things, and actually I had just mentioned it, was, you know, how do we integrate what we want to do with products and services into somebody's existing infrastructure? And a lot of the utilities are even doing big CIS projects themselves, forget All Connect or Red Ventures, right, on really updating that. And some of it, Dylan, is for what you said, right, we're going to deploy AMI, now we have to be able to now have a customer information system that can handle that. And, oh, by the way, while I go through that process, I'm going to go ahead and make decisions about digital that maybe I've been putting off just because of cost or, or what have you. And so, you know, we've, we have had to change since 2016 a little bit how we've gone to market. Um, like I said, originally it was like we had to – to use all of our technology, which we call cohesion, um, which follows all that data from, you know, whether it's a website to a chatbot to the content. Maybe in some cases it does result in a call to make sure the customer just gets what they need when they need it. You used, we used to have to build the site. Um, again, a lot of our bigger partners, as you can imagine, their sites are not just for enrollment or commerce, right? They're using them for investor relations and everything else, and that's that's not our gig. <laughs> so um, we've figured out how to deploy our tech on people's site. Now, you can still go either way, but I would definitely say some of the challenges are just how do you incorporate into the existing infrastructure? Some of that I'm talking a lot about technology, but in some cases it has been, you know, regulatory frameworks and things like that, you know, that we can help people people navigate on that piece as well. I think the other one is, is funding models, right? This um, stuff, if you will, is a little bit different than the way that the typical utility or energy business model works. And so um, we've had to get really, um, you know, creative on what does funding look like and how do we, you know, prove value, if you will, outside of the typical rules of engagement. Um, and we've been successful it just takes a little bit of time. Um, I'd say the last thing is just sometimes paralysis in a risk-adverse industry culture. I mean, we all get it. We, we need to be safe and reliable and affordable and, and more and more renewable, and so there's a lot of risk adversity inherently in the model. Um, I would just challenge us to say that, you know, not changing how we engage with consumers and bolstering the brand with kind of coming out of the box, um, you know, I, I would say is a bigger risk. I think we've all seen, you know, what we might have considered cornerstone brands um, a couple of years ago don't exist anymore. I just want to ask, because you were talking about you know, one of the challenges is figuring out how to demonstrate how to demonstrate the value, and you've been finding success with that, uh, how have you been able to successfully demonstrate that value and get over the hump of risk aversion? 
Um, typically, it's been through what we call, you know, we would call a test or a pilot, um, where, quite frankly, we take on the majority of the upfront, um, you know, I'll call it tech and and even basically share from a performance model, right? We 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 all connect, put some skin in the game um, there to prove a concept and also for everybody to get a benchmark, if you will, on what it can do for consumers, how they engage with it and how. It gives us an opportunity to tweak and it gives both parties an opportunity to figure out what the right economic model is and you know you're going in with facts and figures to leadership teams opposed to hey I really want to do this and this is what I think it will do right so you we prove out the the hypothesis and I think that's been really cool because you know hey let's be honest I think we've been right more than wrong but there's certainly been times where we've been collectively wrong but then it is very much a fail fast, let's move to the next thing, or let's pivot, or let's, you know, kill it because it, it, it sounded great on a whiteboard, <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't work out. When we're talking about sort of overcoming a bit of, a bit of utility culture that, that's, caught, that's led to a lack of urgency in addressing some of these issues, and we're talking about changing the way we interact with customers, or at the very least, the way we present content to them. Uh, you're going to be talking at ETS, I believe, on Wednesday, the April 17th. Uh, what messages do you hope uh, utilities take away from your discussion there? Um, I hope that this is about thinking big and having a really big vision. You know, starting small, I think, works, but we definitely have to start. I think everybody has to get started. Um, the second thing would be look outside the industry and, and plug into partners and, and history and everything else and, and to figure out where there are gaps that can be filled and filled quickly. The other thing would be be customer centric. Don't don't forget that the customer is in the center of everything. And lastly, the time is now. I feel like the industry is ripe for explosion, disruption, or both. So it's exciting, but we got to move. I wholeheartedly agree. Thank you very much for wonderful discussion about looking outside of the bubbles of the utility space and about customers because like you said that's what it always comes back to so thank you very much for being on today and talking with us about these important issues kim look forward to seeing you guys at ETS. likewise it's gonna be great uh thanks for being on aaron yes thank of you course, aaron. Dylan. yeah kim thank you really excited to have you at ets and looking forward to uh both the people who are returning as speakers and some of the new speakers we'll have so really excited for our april 15th uh, event You'll be able to meet up with Kim as well as Aaron and myself at ETS 19, April 15th through 18th in Austin, Texas. Go to ETS19.co for an up-to-date lineup and agenda and for registration information. That's ETS19.co. 
You can find us on social media at DY Lockwood, at Aaron underscore Hardick, at Z Prime underscore research. And all of our research and media is found at ETSinsights.com. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.